This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, Patrick, do you remember Monster Munch? Do you know what that is? Yeah? No, I don't, sorry. That's really upsetting. I, I kind of thought, I thought they were from your vintage... Does it have chocolate in it? No, it's well, crisps. I, it's they're maize-based crisps. Then I don't know what it is. Then I do you remember Ringos? Yeah, I stick them on my fingers all the time. That one, yeah. Eat off no, your that fingers. Was hula, that was hula hoops. Hula hoops. Yeah, I don't don't know either. Listen, man, I left when I was fourteen years old. Seriously, I was fourteen when I left. It was a long time ago. I'd remember Monster Munch, but I guess Would you didn't count them. I remember very. I see. Here's the thing. I I remember very few like. Oh, I'm trying to think of it like things you find in a, in the in the sweet shops. I just because in America there's so many, what we call it candy over here, right? There's so many you things. Do yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like the stuff that I ate in England. I don't remember. And then plus, you know, you know, I worked when it a long time ago, not now, but how the same item was a different name. Like in England, they had like America they have Snickers, and in England, I think they're called Marathon they back were. then, right? And then they had like. You know, they had like different names that confused me. So I, the English stuff, I just oh. forgot what I ate when I was a child. O- Opal fruits and Starburst, wasn't there? <laughs> there you that, go. That exactly thing. right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Edgy, pe- edgy people like Nick still call, call them by the, o- the old name and refuse to change. Dude, the American names, right, have now been incorporated. If I, if that right, like Correct, a lot of American yeah. names now, right, which is so, which I actually like the difference because they taste exactly the same for the most part, but the name difference was funny. So it was funny to me to have, you know. But did you know that marathons were actually called Snickers before they were called marathons? I did not know that. Good, seriously. Say, I did not know that. I worked at the Mars Bar factory. I know such things. Is Mars an American company or an English company? It's owned by an American called John Mars. They also own Pedigree Pet Foods. Pet Foods. John Mars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, no. So he's a big rival of old Barry Nestle, isn't he? Barry Nestle. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was very, very good. Dave um, Cadbury. Yeah, Dave, Dave Cadbury. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dave and Steve Cadbury, isn't it? The Cadbury Dave. brothers. That's yeah. yeah, the brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Oh, um, dear. And anyway. Right, that's quite enough of that. That was that was too <laughs> complex a pun. That worked on two levels, and we don't like those. We only like one level. <laughs> or our life single, le- single level puns, yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans. Alexa, 
Play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest match report. It's the penultimate game of the season and Palace drew 2-2 with Fulham. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm joined by Nick Gillard and Patrick O'Connor. Hello, gentlemen. One of you speak first. Hello. How are you doing? I forgot my glasses yesterday. I got to the station and I thought, should I go home and get them or not? And everything just looked purple in the distance. (laughs) Shooting the opposite goal. What kind of of glasses do you need? What's your eye condition? Everything goes purple. Well, no, it's just the the red and blue blurred. Oh, I see. I see. That was actually more complicated a a comment than I thought. I thought you just just had some eye condition that makes everything purple. No. Patrick, can you still see? I do wear glasses, but I can see fine. Thank you very much. Mine are for distance also. Okay, well, three glasses wearers on the show today. <laughs> yes. And if that is the only thing that you walk away from, from with this show today, then you have you have. I did, your um, time. I did have a quick look in mm. boots at Victoria Station. Because I know they do reading glasses. I didn't know they do distance glasses. And the woman in the shop suggested I buy some opera glasses. Could you imagine? I'd get bashed up if I got opera glasses out of football, wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> rightly so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't help but observe that um, you didn't wait for me to finish my sentence before before you began yours there. Hmm. What, what, was that? what was that about? Have you finished? I've, <laughs> that was bad to announce I had. <laughs> just just, just show. Yeah, yeah, I'll get on with it. Fair enough. Uh, so we played some football, didn't we? Well, briefly. Um, no, I think there's a, there's a few things from the match to talk about today for sure. Um, but there's also some kind of more general um, points to be made. I think I was on the wonderful BBC London um, this week, which you heard, didn't you, Nick? I said, you know, a lot, didn't I? Cause I was, you did. I, hadn't fu- I hadn't fully prepared. I had a long day at work. Uh, so I was kind of thinking on, on my feet as it were, uh, unlike today where I've, I've just written reams of notes and, and paid loads of attention to, <laughs> to the show structure. <clears throat> so, um, and yeah, obviously one of the things they wanted to talk about the most was the idea. And then the, the, just the, the news that, Palace were seemingly going to talk to Arsenal about a contract extension. So we'll we'll talk about that because it kind of just goes hand in hand with the game, really. Um, because you know it wasn't the best performance. Roy Hudson said that said that himself. It wasn't you know Palace at their free flowing best. But I think we all want to say it was understandable. It's you know end of season. There's not. A, anything much to play for really other than the the pride of of trying to win the last couple of games uh, at you know obviously at the start of the game trying to win those last couple of games and, and try and finish above of, above Chelsea really which was the which has got to be the ultimate aim but um I don't know I'll start with you Nick because you know you you went to the game um I think you thoroughly enjoyed it from your your pre-show stuff that you you sent on our chat and um I just want to sort of, but it, but I still assume from what we talked about before we started recording that to everybody at the game, as well as those at home, it felt like, you know, going through the motions to some degree. Yeah, it was, it was a lovely May day. 
nice and warm, people in T-shirts, good atmosphere. It's a bit weird in Fulham away end because both sets of fans go in the same entrance. Um, I saw Terence and I saw Sam Eskiff on the way in. Uh, so that was good. They were getting ready for um, Vanessa's birthday. So they were going to be out on the lash later on. Thankfully, Terence seems to be over his illness that he's spoken a lot about on the uh, preview pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a really good atmosphere. Um, and the support, Palace support was amazing. Absolutely amazing. The best away support, barring Wembley matches, that I've... Uh, I've encountered. I mean, I know you've been to a lot, Chris, but it, it was just ebullient is the word I'd use. Do you know what? That's a, and a wonderful word it is too. And I, I I, think the way trip to Fulham is always a highlight, isn't it? There's a lot of people who do it by boat. I've done that myself, you know, the boat up the Thames and then the walk through the park uh, uh, to, to the ground. It's just, you know, it's it's leafy Fulham, isn't it? It's good good old leafy London. And um it's just yeah. something something about that trip. Yeah, you know, we can point and to some degree laugh that they still have a, a sort of neutral area and they really are kind of football as a, as a hobby kind of, you know, uh, yeah, that's just the kind of vibe that you get from them. But obviously they do have a, a dedicated fan base as well, but it doesn't really do it any good, does it, to have that kind of, you know, atm- lack of atmosphere for them. So we've always gone and... and made our own fun i think and and that always for me that always makes for the best away days where you're you know sometimes it's because you're playing a team that's much better than you and you're getting thumped and sometimes it's because you're bored but when you get to create your own entertainment it's uh, they're, they're always the most memorable days so um but over to, uh, moving on to yourself patrick um you know I, I suppose like myself watching from home um not a tremendous amount to be inspired about, especially in that first half, I thought, other than the goal. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I've had, I've had, a, I've had a problem watching the games over the last eight, nine games, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I watch them. I don't have enthusiasm for watching them. My issue is, like I've said it here a hundred times, you know, I need Palace to show me some kind of, a, you know, initiative as far as, like, going forward. And I just think that, you know, I never thought we were gonna, ever going to go down. Love the job that Hodgson's done. Cause, you know, I'm not going to put him down. He's done a great job, but to me, we're staying up anyway. So my issue is really going forward. So watching the games, though I would agree the football is better to watch at times. Um, you know how I feel about um, like our young players. You know, you put players on the bench yesterday who weren't going to play, and Uteya wasn't going to get on the pitch, and Uda wasn't get on the pitch. Ahmada hasn't seen one single minute since Hodgson came back. So. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting these points and we're going to stay up. But like for me, like what's next? Like what's what's going to happen next? And we're going to talk about it later on. But for me, just watching the game for me, although it has been entertaining, you know, I just I'm just not enjoying it. And I know that may sound really negative, but I just need I need Palace to come up with a plan. And I did watch this overlay with uh, Parrish mm. and Hodgson. It was very entertaining, very interesting. Um, I I get what I I've always backed Parrish up to the Vera's, uh firing. I get where he's coming from. You know, infrastructure is important to build up. Academy is important to build up. You know, staying in the division. I get all that. I really do. But what's next? Because let's be honest. Look what happened today with Brighton. <laughs> they're in the they're in the Europa League or the conference, whatever. They're in Europe. And we were ahead of them at every point until they got promoted. They've got, you know, a big stadium, great ownership, great succession plan for managers, great recruitment. And for me, 
I, I look at them as being our big rivals, everyone does, right? Why can't we be what they are? And that's what frustrates me. Not that they're doing well. I don't really care about Brighton. And only time I care about them, two times we play them. I don't really care. I don't watch them in general. I think they play great football, but I don't really care about them. But for me, I look at Palace and look at Brighton. I'm saying, why can't we be what they are? And that frustrates me. So, yes, the game yesterday, I did watch it. But honestly, Chris, I wasn't that interested in it. Just talking about Brighton, they're giving it the big billy bollocks on Twitter. We finished third one year. What's that? What's Twitter? I don't, I don't yeah. even know what that is anymore, but go ahead. Sorry. But, um, we finished third one year and we'd have had Europe had it not been for Liverpool getting their ban lifted. So don't yeah. be giving it the BBB. But I mean, but also, also imagine finishing third now, finishing third in the league and not being, not having a European place. It's just insanity. Isn't <laughs> exactly. It? It's just like, ima- yeah. imagine finishing on 49 points and being re- re- relegated from the Premier League. Exactly. Also happened to us. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But look, let's not feel sorry for ourselves. Um, I think it's interesting <laughs> though, because Patrick, you actually make a really good point because, you know, I think in recent times, Paris has kind of gone on record saying we're behind Brighton, you know, the way they play, the way they yep. operate, their scouting, you know, we're behind them at the moment. But it isn't often right. with kind of the, the deference to the point that we were far ahead, you know, and in, <laughs> in fairly recent times, it you know, it wasn't like there was, you know, I, I think. At times, we've talked about on this show inaction being as 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 dangerous as making the wrong choice, and I think there's been many occasions, both in terms of manager managers um, and and obviously the the owners not acting, not yep. doing something, thinking, well, we'll get by, won't we? You know, we won't go down, so what, why not do that? We'll you know we'll save our money in a January window, and we'll use it in you know, the summer next year and things like that. And right. when you fail to take an opportunity, you know, and, and rely on that future step going well, you know, you, you do end up falling behind people who are braver, you know, and I think, you know, there are many clubs that you can point out and say that they've been braver than Palace. But, you know, we have the operating model we have, we have the people involved that we have. And I suppose there's there's a lot more to that situation than, than, than we can get into right now. We'll come back to, to talking yeah. about the decisions we have to make in you know in terms of what happens next because that is the, the question you asked Patrick and it's the one we got to try and answer and I guess we'll see soon. But um, so look, the, I, I'd want to draw uh, attention to a, a few things in terms of the, the game itself, the action, the the goal we scored was absolutely superb. You know, and it made me really really happy. I have to say because. It was an old school Palace breakaway goal, um, but the quality at which we did it. But it started with Joel Ward. It started with him being alive to something. And there was a su- suggestion from Hodgson after the game that the kind of way that was set up came from the training ground. Um, so Ward being alive to to driving out of defence and playing the ball to Eze, the, the feet to get past his his marker the way he did and then just carry the ball um, and, and play the perfect weight of pass to Edward. But gotta say that to me is where you need to find Odson Edward. That's where he needs to be in that left channel. If you find him there, that, I mean, as a shot, that is an unbelievable strike. It's not an easy skill to rifle it into the top corner of the near post from the left side of the area. You know, anyone who's, played knows that that's a really really tough skill and at the highest level to be a very good goalkeeper like that um i was really really happy to see that goal 
So a couple of things on that goal. Um, the Eze pass reminded me of the pass he made to um, Wilf, the Liverpool goal. Very similar to get out of it. I mean, you can just tell that, again, um, as much as I love Vieira, the, the, the biggest uh, issue I'm going to what people have is that he didn't play Eze. Now, he did play Eze. Eze play, has played now this season. I think it's now 39 games. He just didn't start a lot of the games, obviously, and it was taken off early. But Eze's... Um, Blossoming under Hodgson has been fantastic. That ball was brilliant. And again, Edward to me is the biggest issue for us going forward as far as a club because clearly he is very, very talented. You just said it, Chris. That finish was fantastic. Reminded me of the Leeds finish, but except it was on the ground, the Leeds one, and this was in the air. But he's two footed, but clearly he doesn't like the ball played to his feet, like, you know, back to goal. He's got to be the kind of player, like you, like you just said, he's got to play, play him into that space, let him run onto it, and then see what he does because he clearly. He's a very good finisher. The issue is he has five goals all season. For us, that's not good enough for a striker who we're paying all the money to. But he clearly is very talented. I'm hoping going forward, wherever the manager is, that he links up next year with Eze and Olise a lot more because he has the ability to be a 15-goal minimum um, Premier League striker. He's showing it. He showed it under these in these few matches under Hoss. He showed it under Vieira at points, but... He's got to do better, but he's clearly talented. He just frustrates me in the way that he plays sometimes, but he clearly is a striker that we can build on if he can somehow, uh, you know, get that talent out of him more often. What I really liked about it was the fact that in his run, French Eddie almost stopped and then went again. Did you notice him slow yep. down a little bit before going on, which yeah. fought the defender a little bit? But yeah, the finish was something else. And... It was from defending a corner. I know the free kick a bit later on was shit in defending, but we seem to have uh, got the measure of corners a little bit now. I mean, we'll come to that because that's an understatement, calling it shit. Um, but we'll we'll <laughs> definitely come to that. Um, but you're right. Yeah, we we got the defensive part of the corner right, and and as I said earlier, Ward being alive to to the opportunity to attack, we did just clear the ball. You know, we were thinking very much about how we could hurt our opponent and. And we did it quickly and with, with a lot of quality. Um, you know, again, picking up on, on what Patrick and yourself have said, you know, Edward's movement is, it's the movement of somebody who can score goals at, at, at any level, you yep. know? Yep. And um, yep. it's just giving people the opportunity to do that. And that's, that's where it becomes a little tougher because it's, you know, you look at the system, I've, because I did it on, BBC, BBC Radio London in the week. I said, you know too much. I'm saying you know too much again. I'm fed <laughs> up with it. Um, every time I say, you know, uh, have a drink at home and, and see how you do. Yes, anyway, if you're listening on your commute and drive. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, yeah. If, if appropriate, I should probably say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, do not die um, um, through alcohol poisoning. Anyway, so um, it's, the, it's, you know, it's about the system. I said it again. It's about the system um, that we that we employ. I think the system that Vieira had last season, probably, you know, with Gallagher in there, with Gallagher in there, um, I think the opportunities might have been a bit more prevalent for Edward had he played consistently. Um, you know, but hey, it, it is what it is. I don't think the current system necessarily suits Edward. Um, but without Wilf, we had to try something that little bit different, and and we did. Uh, I'd argue we missed Schlupp more than we missed Wilf yesterday. For uh, the, 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 yeah, which he has been doing under Roy. Let's face it, he has. He's been he's been a player reborn almost under Hodgson. Um, 
but yeah, I thought you, you said it yourself in in the, ch- the the chat comments that you put uh, pre-show. Hughes has been doing a really good job, um, for sure. I mean, how, what do you think of that, Patrick? Is is Schlepp a player we miss now? Is, is he suddenly uh, raised his his reputation? It's a great question. Um, I feel that under Hodgson, Schlepp has been very good. I um think Hughes has done a, a good job also, but I actually think that he's not going to be with us next season, but Lakonga would look really good in this system because he's such a, you know, talk about how Schlupp drives the ball forward. So is Lakonga, but he's a better passer of the ball. Um, his movement's very good. He's, his vision's very good. I, I'd like to, I'd like to, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's got one game left. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I think he would good, be good. But, but, but having said that, like I said, I think both Hughes and Schlupp have done really well. And the funny thing is that's been, that was the biggest issue we had January, and again, you know, we had a much tougher matches coming up, but we had a biggest problem in January that we didn't have that. I want to say third, right? Yeah, third midfield that go with Eze and Dukure, and we got out. We got Ahamada and we got Lakonga. And the funny thing, we probably had that player in Schlupp the whole time, and or Hughes. We just didn't play them in the way they're playing now. So it's just funny how football is because again, I never saw that. I never saw Hughes as and or and or Schlepp as the solution to, as that third midfielder. The issue has been Eze has been so 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 brilliant, you know, with the Corey behind him, and then basically anybody next to him was, was going to look good where he's playing now. So it's just funny how it's worked out. Yeah, it's interesting. The you know the form of other players um, um, having having raises the levels. levels, yeah, and also having yeah. people pushing you for your place raises levels, doesn't it? And you know the hundred percent. We get our fullbacks in a minute oh, about that. Oh, by the way. we have to. It's, <laughs> we're, we're we're there right now, I think, aren't we? Because we're we're going to talk about the the free kick. Before um, you say that, Chris, can I just say that I do mm. think Hughes compliments decor more than Schlupp does. Yeah, I think that's a valid point, and and I think, but I think that's probably only true now. It probably wasn't true of some of the opportunities that Hughes had had before to sort of Earlier, stake a claim yeah. to get in the team. I was quite disappointed yeah. with him. He, uh, you know, I I think we've had a bit of context around him and the diff- the fact he's a different player now than he was as a younger player, which I needed. You know, he talked about the injuries he'd had and all that kind of stuff, and why he he's less of an attacking midfielder these days. But he has that technique and that that capability. But I think you're right, Nick. I think he's a you know he does complement the, the 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 way Decore plays. How's Decore not scored a goal? By the way, he's got fantastic power in that shot. Um, I know. He, Put one in the net the, the other week, didn't he? Before the uh, after the whistle went, but how has he not scored? Anyway, I'm distracting myself. Um, so yeah, we we gave away. We actually gave away a lot of free kicks, um, but Mitchell had one of those days, and and we'll talk about the referee in a minute, Nick, because I know you've particularly the people who went to the game have some very strong feelings about the refereeing and, and particularly around that the free kick they scored from. Um, so it's the penalty first. I'm being an idiot, aren't I? So the pen- the penalty was Mitchell. Um, we gave away a lot of free kicks, but the penalty was Mitchell. And um, yeah. he'd, it had a few moments like that, hadn't he, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was it was coming. It was, it was always coming. He he had made some really strange um, attempts at tackles earlier in that half on Wilson in particular, and it was always coming. The frustration being that he did it so late in the half. I mean, we're in like second or third minute already of our injury time added on. So why make that challenge? Just see what happens. And 
I don't think Wilson was was in a position to do anything there. But the issue is, the issue has been. I mean, he didn't play very well under Vieira. Definitely improved. I'm not gonna. He definitely has improved under Hodgson. But even but yesterday was so poor. And I and I go back to it. I mean, he needs to be pushed. I mean, we talked about you know the midfield players before, but for me, every player needs to be pushed. I think Guaita needs to be pushed by Johnstone. Um, you know, the core needs to be pushed by someone. Obviously, Mateta and Edouard, because they have been great, but they they have each other at least to, you know, to to kind of figure out who's going to be the striker. But as far as left back, he's been the only left back we've had since Van Onholt left. And that's unacceptable. I mean, I know, I understand the position that the club is in as far as money wise, but to me, what he should have done is promote Teo and have him available. During like time, you know, even at the end of the season when we're, we're safe already, have him play. And then for next season now, we know, okay, Tyreek, you know what? Tails breathing, he's 19, 20 years old, he's been there, Nick, you've got to play better to keep your position. He hasn't had anybody to, to, to push him for two years. Now, there was a stretch where he was brilliant when he got the England call up, but you have to have players, you have to have a squad. And we don't have a squad as far as when it comes to like both fullback positions, even the right back isn't been, hasn't been great, but he has to have, we have to get someone in the summer to, to, to push Tyreek. Right? Either it makes him better or it gets him out of the team because either way, you kind of play who plays all the time and can play such, as bad as he played yesterday and keep his spot. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel for him a bit because it's not, you know, you don't become a bad player overnight and you, and you also, exactly. I think, He's got some very good players around him and and helping him along playing alongside Gay, um, you know, in terms of where, where the centre back is, playing with Zaha ahead of him. And Zaha does such a good job defensively these days that he gets a lot of protection. Um I just think he's he's struggled with that how to make that next step because he got the international recognition, um, which was richly deserved at the time. Um but I think everyone's been looking for him to contribute more going forward, you know, push on that overlap more often, create a bit more in in the way that modern fullbacks do. And I think he's just kind of struggled to find the rhythm to do that. But we're all, we all recognize it's because he's not being pushed. It's a psychological thing. It's not because he's not weak of character. He's not trying to coast or anything like that. It's just psychology the psychology of knowing if you're fit, you're going to start every week probably because you are the only out and out left back at the club. Um, you know, no one's going to play gyro there anymore, even though he was outstanding for a few games there. Um, and and as you say, Teo is, is not coming through. Teo Adaramola is a really interesting player. Looks an absolutely outstanding prospect. Loans haven't worked out for him. We, we don't really know why. It's not had too much right. input into that, but I think we were hoping he would go out and, and tear it up for a season at you know League One level or something like that, but it's just not worked for him in, in any sense. So but put him in a palace shirt playing playing for the twenty ones, he looks an incredible player. So I I don't know. I don't know what we do there. He's got to you know, he's got to then push for that next step as well. So that's my thoughts anyway, Patrick, on why we haven't seen Teo, but you know, perhaps it's one of those where, you know, just like Klein, it's about giving them the opportunity first. And before the game, you'd have thought that the, the fullback that would struggle more would be Wardy up against William, but yeah. it wasn't. Well, he did, he did struggle, well, to he be did honest. Bit, but yeah. William <laughs> anyway, walked past him did, a yeah. fair few times, you know, but, we, but you expect that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, under previous managers, I think actually both of them would have, would have been Hodgson. Both Juan Basaka and Mitchell got a chance to play because of injuries. So my point is, we we do take our chances on on youth if 
the opportunity comes up. Teo just needs a chance. I, I really believe he can make it. I, I get that the commentary didn't work out. Ironically, now look at them. They're in the playoffs final, which is amazing. Um, imagine he's part of that squad. Um, but just give him a chance because at this point now, you've more things you've said, Chris, are, are totally correct. Mitchell has not has no one to push him and I and he's and, he, and I think he's got still has a great future ahead of him. But when you get you can get you can get very complacent in life when you don't have anybody pushing you, whether that be in any walk of life. And I just think that he needs someone to push him. Even a nineteen year old academy left back who might get the occasional start in the League Cup and against some of the lower level teams that maybe come on for twenty minutes when we're winning five one at Leeds, something like that. It could work, you know, I'm just to give him a hey, guess what? You're not gonna play every minute of every game because Tyreek plays every minute of every game when he does start which you would do for left-back. So we've got to figure that out next year. I, I think that's the best option, have Teo promoted next season. I wouldn't go out and spend money on left-back, but if we've got to do that, we've got to do that. We cannot have Tyreek be the only left-back next but, season. Uh, and I will say this just to, re- to just to emphasise the point that you're you're making, because I appreciate there will be people who immediately get annoyed at the fact I'm about what well, about, I'm about to say. I'm trying to say it as not, not as a criticism. I'm trying to say it's just a fact that under Roy Hodgson, we know that he will not give that opportunity to Tayo Adaramola over a senior player who isn't playing and is waiting to play and is training well, right? That's his thought process. He told us enough times. Correct, I'm correct. not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm not passing a judgment on it. I'm just saying if Roy Hodgson is manager, right. he will pick, um, if he's available, Right now, if we were talking about players available right now, he would pick Jairo Riedervale, Joel Ward, Daniel Klein, Jeffrey Schlupp, um, and probably some wild card like MacArthur or even Richards or somebody like that. He would put them all in at left back before he would consider yep. playing an untested 19-year-old from the academy. Now, make of that what you want. I'm not going to say any more than that, other than that's one of the things that you get with, with a manager who has his focus and his way of getting results. And you know, we're all reaping the benefit of those those methods right now but you know how comfortable are you with it as a long-term and, and what else what else you know what i'll say is that you know i i respect that in a way because it it, it shows the senior professionals you listen i trust you you know you know you come out you train etc and and i get that and i think it builds like it builds the respect in the squad and i think that's the reason why he was able to come back haven't been out for two years and you know we'll talk to him right away obviously schlop took him right away again tompkins and Players he didn't know, you know, took to him. And I guess even the players he didn't really know, because people are like, well, he's not going to play so-and-so. When he played gay, he didn't know him. Pedro Lise didn't know him. Plays Anderson doesn't know him. But, you know, so I get that. But on, on another way, I think it would really behoove him to play some youngsters, because I remember that there was that one training incident with that young kid, uh, Franco Uma, who was really good in training, and they stopped the training, and he, and he praised the kid. I was like, that's great for the kid. But the next step is put him in the squad, or someone like him, and play them. Because that would actually show players, you know what? He, I might have a chance, but you just know that under Hodgson, they're not going to play. So it's frustrating. So again, again, for someone like me, I'm just looking. I'm, I'm looking to the future, and I just need. I need to know that. Yes, Parish backs the academy, and that's great. Hodgson backs the academy, and that's great. Let us let us see them play. Let's not see them play because Guaito and Johnson are, are injured, so Whitworth plays. Um, you know. Um, the right back, Joe Ward's injured, so Wambasaka has to play. Uh, PVA is injured, so, you know, Mitchell has to play. You know, I want to see them actually get into the squad a little, a little bit and get a chance. And then that shows you that this academy thing is actually going to work for us as opposed to, oh, you know what, you're, you're too young, you're not experienced enough, I trust 
Tompkins over you or Richards over you, etc. So, you know. Yeah, and that's going to put people off wanting to join the Crystal Palace Academy if they don't think there's a route to the first team unless somebody gets injured. Exactly, Nick. I mean, people might not think that's important, but you're right. Why would you go to a club where you're not going to play? Whereas if you think there's a chance, a route to the first team, you're going to say, I'm going to go to Palace because I know that they really nurture kids and the academy's fantastic. The facilities are brilliant. They're a category one. They're, they're finishing second, third. They're international cup finalists. And I'm going to get a chance to play as opposed to, well, I can go there, but I really want to have a chance to play. So I think maybe I just go stay at Chelsea or stay at Fulham or stay at West Ham. You know, so there's that. So we'll see. And uh, Chris, um, <laughs> can you just say you know or something so we know that <laughs> we know you're still there? Um, <laughs> Should we move on to the second just, just enjoying, just enjoying uh, your conversation. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt. Thank you. We you appreciate know? that. People hear we a lot from me, and, and sometimes it's nice to sit back and um, continue playing football manager. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of half kidding almost. Oh, second gosh, second half you want to go to, but obviously the the penalty, the challenge was not a great challenge. Um you can't you can sympathize when you look at the kind of the moment of contact because he's obviously not trying to really make a challenge. He's but he's just he's been too kind of rash with his positioning and, and how in, intently he's gone after the defender, really. It didn't help that Wilson's arm came across and kind of thrust him into making the tackle. No, of, co- of course uh, challenge. not. It's it's a it's a weird it's a weird penalty to consider. It's, it's a foul. I have to, you look at it and you have to say it is a foul. It's it's not a great challenge, but you're calling it a challenge when it almost wasn't really. <laughs> he wasn't trying to tackle him or anything. He was just it was all about positioning and getting in the wrong place. Um, you know the. And that's that's basic defending, unfortunately. Um, you know, obviously the irritation is it's forty eight minutes into the into the half. You know, so by the time the ball goes in the net, I think it's fifty minutes, and I didn't think there was five minutes of stoppages. So it's um, one of the very rare games where you had more stoppage time in the first half than the second half. That doesn't yeah. happen that much. Yeah. So yeah, a bit uncomfortable about that, but you have to defend. Right until the until the referees whistle, don't you? That's 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 our fault for for not being as switched on as we should have been. And as we said, it was not the first or last mistake uh, Mitchell made in the game. Second half, uh, very nearly conceded straight away from some fairly lax defend lax defending. So not not massively happy about how we started the second half and whatever the message was at half time. It, it took a little while for it to get through. I think. Um, so you wanted to talk about the referee and, and the free kick being taken from the wrong place, Nick. So what was your perspective of well, that in general? Well, just before that, the Fulham players were going down so easily and the referee bought, was bought by it. It was his first Premier League game, according to the chap next to me, who liked the C-word a lot and didn't particularly like many people because <laughs> he called everybody under the sun a C-word. Um, he was due to do the Barnsley-Bolton game on Friday night but got taken away to do the Fulham Palace game so that was a bit weird so it was a, a debut Premier League debut for the ref but and he was uh, kidded quite a few times I think by the Fulham players but yeah the free kick um, he marked it and they put the ball five yards in front maybe not quite that much and ultimately it wouldn't have made a difference with the cross anyway or the marking but it, it was the, <laughs> the crowd were incensed by it um, 
<laughs> but nobody's mentioned it. Surely, if a, if a free kick, if you mark where a free kick's got to be taken, surely it doesn't count if it's not taken where it's marked from. That's all I'm going to say. I suppose I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. It's splitting hairs, isn't it? Because it's splitting hairs, to be precise. It Because it really was about a yard away, two yards away from where it's marked. And the irritation at that, I can understand being at the game. But you should be much, much more irritated with Fulham's number nine, their only real goal-scoring threat. Yep. Already scored a penalty, already <laughs> missed a golden <laughs> opportunity about post for some reason being completely unmarked. You're setting up from a free kick and you're going, right, guys, let's zone all mark. Don't worry about that guy. The the big guy the, the with a nine on his back. Don't worry about him. He doesn't really get involved in any goals, does he? So we don't need to mark him. Actually, it's with just... the nine on his back, one bloke in front of me. No, said to be the... fair, he didn't at that point. But anyway, no, no, I mean, yeah. Some bloke said <laughs> that penalty shouldn't count because he hasn't got a number on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, what I mean, there's you know, Great. it's it's Mitrovic. We we know who he is and we know what he what he's there to do, um, and you can talk about the fact it's a decent header. I mean, it's a lot of power in it, really well directed. But just nothing. There's not even the hint of a challenge. When I saw it, I thought, I thought he must have made some really clever run, or you know, there's a block in the in, in place there to stop his marker going with him. No, no, nothing. <laughs> we we zonally marked, and he stood in an area we decided wasn't a zone worth marking, and then he ran through some other zones to where the ball was, and then headed it in the goal. And we're well, like, like okay. zoned out. Yeah, exactly. We you're right, but. We did our, you know, everybody did their job. Everybody marked the space. Patrick, we always say it, don't we? Yeah, space doesn't score goals, players yeah. do. Something like that, Something anyway. You, um, you know what's interesting about that is that we've had this problem clearly under Vieira. We kind of fixed it a little bit. But I'm thinking now, I was thinking about like who we've had in our lineup over the last couple of years. You know, two players we're really missing. We haven't had Christian Benteke, who was very good at heading. And Luka Milivojevic, who's actually not great, but bigger and, sorry, and Kuyate. And our side is not very tall. I mean, Mateta Hardy played, you can't count him. But Edward isn't more than six foot one, six foot two. Gehi's a very small center half. Um, our fullbacks aren't very tall. Um, it's true. Anderson, you know, we don't, a midfield, Decore is not very tall. We don't have any really tall players, so unless you're a very good jumper. Which, you know, some of them may okay, he's actually pretty good at getting up in the air. That is an issue, but I mean that's something we have to address. Cause you're right, because I don't think zonal marking is conducive to smaller players. <laughs> I think you just just man mark and if you have to, you 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 double team a player because yeah. he's tall and he's he's the best player in the field and that way. But the way we're marking on on I mean the the funny thing with the West Ham game, the West Ham game was embarrassing. How easily every time they had a corner they would score from. I think we had dead four corners, they scored three goals. It was so I mean, has to be addressed by this manager, the next manager, but it's not a good, it's it really not a good does. Look yeah. Like obviously, uh, you know, especially during the course of eight games after a transfer window shut, you can't address, you can't address <laughs> the height of your players really. So I'm not going exactly. to, not going to criticize from that perspective, but yeah, I but will criticize. Well, you can still get in the way and put them off. Yeah, no, that's exactly the point. Nick. Thank <laughs> you. But I'm, I am going to criticize <laughs> the, the fact that we, we chose to zonally mark and we chose not, you can zonally mark and have a player on, a specific person. And if you're going to pick just one person, yeah, pick you'll him. pick him, pick won't him. you? So I, 
there's no excuse for it. It was absolutely pathetic. Like, uh, we don't want to make this show overly long today. Um, so I'm going to push on. And as you quite rightly, I'm not going to use the word that you used in, in your chat, Nick, about how Palace are good at, uh, um, good at getting back into or winning or, you know, scoring goals in games where we are behind in matches. Best in Europe, mate. Best in Europe. So that is a great statistic. I mean, ignore the part about it shows we can see we go behind in games a lot and focus on the part that we have that resilience. And it's a really strong statistic. And we did it again in this game. Um, but it took a while and it took a substitute change. It took the desire to change the match. And <laughs> I'm going to say my piece and then I'll let you two talk, right? Because like pretty much everybody who was watching the game, I'm fairly certain when we got to sort of 72, 73 minutes and the before we'd, you know, we'd gone to one down, the performance had been dropping continuously for a fairly long period of time. And we were just doing the same things over and over again. Um, I just, it was, it was hard to watch, really hard to watch. I didn't really understand it. We made a change. It made a huge difference. Mateta did tremendously off the bench. He gave us something different. You know, whatever instructions he got from the from the manager and coaching staff obviously worked. It was a brilliant change. And then we're talking at the end of the game and they say, oh, if that game had gone on for 10 minutes longer, we'd have won it. We'll make the change 10 minutes sooner then. <laughs> and there you go. Good, lo- good logic there. I like that logic, yeah. I just, that that made me want to stick forks in my eyes. Because I was really happy at the end of the game. I thought we got a good point out of that. And then I have to hear that. And I'm just like, well, that's half the problem. In action again. Take the action. Make the make the brave choice. You know, and we, we when we finally made the right choice. And if look, if we were playing for a point, perfect timing. But we weren't, were we? What's the point in playing for a point? <laughs> and this penultimate game of the season. What, what would what would be the reason to do that? So there you go. I've said my piece. Whoever wants to speak can. Go on, Patrick. Um, I mean, we, we've had that issue with uh, Hodgson, you know, for four or five years. So I wasn't surprised. But I'm, I'm with you. You've got, you've got, um, you know, Richards, Adam Arola, Klein, Laconga, MacArthur, Ahamada, Riedewald, and then Mateta on the bench. You know, bring a couple of them on, freshen up a little bit. And again, what are we playing for? I know people talk about position and in the league but i think we're 11th now we've been 12th pretty much since january we're not going to move up we're not going to go down i mean i would have brought on three or four uh subs just to see what they look like you know what i mean especially if you know if you've got nothing to play for besides you know you want to go for the point so that was a bit weird but you're right chris when he came on mateta did a good job not that edward hadn't done because he scored a great goal but i think mateta gave a little bit more energy up there winning balls they're they're very big uh center halves in uh Tosin's a big centre-half, so it was good to have him on the pitch. But again, that inaction was frustrating. But I mean, it's something that we're kind of used to by now. So mm. I was surprised by uh, how well Mateta did because it's the most ironic chant, isn't it? There ain't no striker better than Jean-Philippe Mateta. Um, you know, the irony I like, I like irony him. Man. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a decent player. But you, you've got to play if you play him as the kind of focal point of an attack. Sometimes he, sometimes his hold up play isn't great. And sometimes his touch isn't great. And that's, that's the shame of it, but we don't get to see John Philip Mateta playing 
week in, week out, and being able to build up the rhythm and and focus that you need to to be a successful striker. We both of our you know main strikers in in Edward and Mateta have the same situation, which is they haven't managed to get a run of games where they've consistently scored. So understandably, the managers, whoever, whichever manager it is at the time, has given the other one an opportunity. And now we actually, what we have is two strikers who have, aren't <laughs> who aren't able to score consistently or play well consistently, which is a shame. Yeah, I think honestly, I mean, I, I like Mateta. I've always been a, a pretty big vocal fan of him, but you know, clearly his output hasn't been great this season. But you're right, at some point, and it's it's very hard to do that balance because I thought there was a a point in the season where Vieira was playing Mateta too much and should have played um, Edwards and Edwards got in there and didn't do much and then they went back to Mateta and then both of them were out and we were trying to play are you up front it's been a really strange thing but at some point I don't think we necessarily have to buy a striker next season I know everybody's going to say what are you are you mad but I don't think that's really the biggest issue I think it's more you know getting Eze Olise Wolf hopefully if he's back next year to to create chances I honestly think that you know, players like Eze and Luce will score goals, and then you've got, I think, Edouard can score, and even Mateta can score goals if he's given, because he did it that, he did it for that little stretch a year ago, basically, when we were having that great cup run, and even a couple of times in the league against Wolves, scored a great goal against Norwich, Arsenal, etc. So I think that they can score. I just think that the system has to work for them, and, I, and clearly Hodgson's system is getting the best out of a lot of our players, particularly Eze. So maybe next season, he can get the best out of Edouard and Mateta also. That would certainly be the be the hope for sure. That um, well, either Hodgson or somebody else does. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I get the point. It's um, but it's I think again, if you start, if you look at the the scoring charts, you look at most clubs beyond the kind of the the top six, if you like, and look at their strikers and how many goals they're scoring. It's a fairly common yeah. problem, isn't it? You know, you get the occasional player like I don't know, Tony is a, is a good example of that, who is the outstanding goal scorer aside. But you you do get Mitrovic. a lot of teams. Well, Mitrovic really hasn't played a tremendous amount, but you get you get these strikers who are the focal points of some teams. But a lot of teams kind of have a handful of players scoring scoring goals, and, that, and that's what they do. Got scores of the season. We've had obviously Eze, I think the top scorer. We I think it's ten. Um, Will's is, got yeah. nine, I think. Um, something like that. Seven. seven. There you go. He and Edward, he and Edward have seven yeah. total goals in all competitions. Yeah. yeah. So we we've spread them around and and um, obviously spent large parts of the season not scoring a great deal of goals as well. So it's um <laughs> yeah it's it's hard. It's we we haven't had a prolific striker since Benteke's first season with us, and people do did forget that fairly quickly, didn't they? So. They did. Um, they did. Anyway, look, we'll start to 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 draw this to a close. I think. Um, I, I think Don't forget Joe them. Ward. I, he yeah, even I, got a charm. He got he, a charm. Great goal. I mean, great goal deserves the charm and the yeah, goal. of course. And and deserves. yeah, drawing the, <laughs> the the show towards a close, we couldn't close without talking about Joe Ward. Um, I didn't expect to be talking about the. If, well, I did expect to be talking about Joel Ward's involvement in goals, just not our goals. Um, is that mean? That feels mean. Um, <laughs> it, does, it, it felt mean, yeah, it did. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Gonna... It, it felt like an unnecessary yeah, shot. Yeah, but I, feel, yeah I, I, I feel a bit bad. <laughs> I feel a bit bad. It was a joke. I meant it as a joke. I was really happy for Joel Ward. Um, I mean, 
it was a Joel Ward finish, wasn't it? He did. Uh, he 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 made sure that's what he, all you can ask of a player in that position. But I think it's his first goal for Palace in four years. It was probably the last one was against Chelsea. I seem to remember him scoring against Chelsea. Was it that header? Was that, it couldn't have been that that one. Was that the one he was talking about? Because he didn't mention the exact... I watched the interview post-match. He didn't mention who it was against. But I know he scored a goal in the Premier League, but the Chelsea goal is the only goal That's, I remember him yeah, scoring the header. Yeah, the last one I remember. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So that must be yeah, it then. It okay. I, I think it was. But I might be wrong. And, and if people know the answer to that one, contact us on our socials or email hi at backofthenest.com and tell us tell us something we should probably know. Um, but yeah, what... Um, just just a fantastic moment really for him um wasn't one of our spectacular goals but it doesn't have to be they all count and um so Joel Ward finally got a chant what was that chant Nick can you say it out loud I can't remember it that's the thing <laughs> I th- I the, wait wait he waits a decade for a chant and it's so exactly. bad that no one remembers it but the only words were Joel Ward yeah there wasn't anything enough. else it was just Joel Ward well I feel that that's probably the most appropriate chant you could possibly get. Um, but just, you know, he's still, he's still there 33 years old, been with us over a decade, just been a great player for us and continues to contribute. Um, it's one of those out of contract, isn't he? That I don't know. Is he? I think he is. is he? I think wow, he I is. Know. We've got, I mean, that's the last thing to, to, to mention and we will talk about it more in the, the, Last shows of the season, for sure, I think, when we start to see. There'll, there'll be announcements fairly soon, I expect, of who gets released and who we right. offer contracts to. And then, obviously, there'll be decisions about um, whether players actually sign, even if we do offer them contracts. Um, but I think, um, I, mean, I mean, look, the, one that, the ones that stick out to me, um, uh, I guess, are probably Luca. Um, and you have, obviously, James MacArthur, who spent the majority of the season now injured. Um, I think those are two players we probably won't see uh, in the Palace shirt again. So, yeah, it's James MacArthur, James Tompkins, Nathan Ferguson. It's an interesting one there, isn't it? Joel Ward, wow, Luka yeah. Milivojevic, Nathaniel Klein, Jordan Ayew, I think has signed a new deal, hasn't he? Yeah, signed a yeah, new pretty, deal. Pretty signed, yeah. Pretty, Rumors, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Schlupp, technically, uh, but we have an option for an extra year, which I assume we would take. Um, um, Lakonga goes back, obviously, and obviously Wilf. Wow! So an interesting list, isn't it? And if you think about the potential for players who, who, you know, like MacArthur's been with us a very long time, been an incredible player for us. Tompkins has been with us for ages. We'll skip Ferguson. Um, no fault of his own, but we'll skip him. Um, Joel Ward been with us an incredible amount of time. Luca, club captain, been with us for a very, very long time. Kleine's been back for a couple of years now. Um, you know these are these are players that have been with us for incredible periods. So it's a massive change at the end of the season. So you'd expect not all of those to stay. So we're going to see significance, and it'll be sad. It'll be sad if MacArthur leaves. It'll be sad if Tompkins leaves and Ward. You know, you, you've got to hope that we'll keep a few of those just for the cost of replacing them. I guess. Uh, any any thoughts, yeah, guys? So- yeah, I actually do because now I'm thinking. Obviously, I mean, the, the, you said you to mention Ayu. I think Ayu Schlupp will definitely be back. I guess Ward will be back. Wilf, hopefully, let's just say, but just keep him as that's a fourth. I can't think of another. We're going to have to look to replace five players. But this is the thing: they're not necessarily positions that we need to replace players in. Mm. 
So, for instance, I think I think we need a left back. I did we talk about the whole show? A left back, uh, a left back backup at the very least. Actually, I it stand corrected. Right back. If Klein doesn't come back, definitely Ward will probably come back. So, a right back, a midfielder. So, yeah, I guess you replace either Luca or MacArthur in there. Jarrah's got a contract again for next season, I believe. On the left side, God forbid we have to, we have to replace Wilf. That would be terrible because he's irreplaceable, honestly. So uh, we're looking at like five players to replace. And for me, you can replace a few of them with, with the Cali players. Not that we'll do that, but we could because you can put Teo up. You can Killian Phillips possibly or Brian as a center half because he had a great season in, in Belgium for promotion. Banks comes back. He's in the, you know, Banks had a great season, play of the year. Jazz Raksaki comes back, but he plays on the wrong side of the pitch, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting till we get, but it's, it's some tough decisions there. I'm not going to lie. There's some tough ones. I mean, some t- decisions. I mean, MacArthur to me, I'd love to bring back because what he brings, but he hasn't played in a whole year. So to me, you really can't bring him back. <laughs> there so, you go. Um, you can't. You just can't. Quickly from you, Nick, and then we'll. Yeah, very quickly. Um, two, two things. Um, I'm glad Forrest is safe before we played him in their last game. And uh, it, Seems that Hennessy <laughs> might be playing for them. I wonder what reaction he's going to oh, get. Gosh. But I need your advice very quickly. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday evening, tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. I don't know whether to change my seat um, because, mm. uh, because mm. it's cheaper in the homestyle than it is for me in the family area now. Uh, simply because my son's over eighteen. Um, now, do I change my seat and go into the homestyle where they've got better beer, or do I stay in the main stand? Knowing that in a couple of years, three years, it's going to be sparkly and new, and I reap <laughs> the benefits of that. What do you mm. think, Patrick and Chris? What yeah. should I do? There'll be, I imagine, more opportunity to get into that new stand when it's built. You wouldn't be like yep. hanging on, I don't think, because of the increasing capacity. So I would say, um, I mean, what am I saying? I'm in the Homesdale. So uh, no, stay in the main stand, Nick. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a question. If I was to buy a, a season ticket, should I? Would I? My best choice is the home stand or the main stand. What would you do if you, for a new season ticket holder? Where would you go? Home stand if you like drums. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I don't. So, Hmm. seriously, you pick the main stand? (coughs) Because of the drums? I don't know. That's part of the the thing. But um, I don't know whether my legs can cope with standing up all game. It was quite hard. That's another thing, right? You stand up. Right, you stand in a home cell. You have to, right? Because everybody else is standing Pretty up, much. right? I mean, there's certain, the edges, okay. I think, you know, in particular will Got be set down. It depends where you are. I mean, yeah, don't aim right. for blocky. If you're in the homestyle, it's cheaper in the homestyle. If you're in the homestyle, try and get yourself near, I don't know, the player's tunnel thing and the edge, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get the Got best ya. of both worlds then, don't you? 
Plus, you can perfect. You can Thank say you. Nice things to the staff and players <laughs> when they walk by. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you know. Well done, Roy. Thank yeah. you, Roy. We love you, Roy. <laughs> I like and then uh, I like that. And then, you know, when they're posing, players and managers walk past, you can say similarly pleasant things to them. <laughs> yeah. All Got right. You. Thank you. It's, Appreciate okay. it. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Can't say thank you three times in a row. It's difficult. <laughs> um, we won't cut that out. Uh, it'll be too much work for Mikey. So we'll just, we'll just leave that in there. Um, but thank you for listening as well, everybody at home. Um, sorry we didn't read really any contact this week. I don't know if we had any. don't know if we even asked, to be honest with you, in one of those days. Um, so, obviously, preview team will be back to look ahead to the last game against Forest. I hope to see some of you there. I will be at that game. And, um, yeah, until next time, come on, you Palace! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.